Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nose, Andrew Stoltz. Well, Sleaze, we're a golf podcast, but I think we might be turning into a football cast because we're undefeated this year. We're uh, the best. Good time to announce our retirement from golf. <laughs> it's been real. We're getting into the football game. 2-0 uh, on our bets last week. Props to us. Um, also found that it's easier to pick a winner when you have a 50% chance versus a, a 1 in 156 chance. Just just simple math. I do like those you know I mean? odds much better, but I'm, yeah. I'm thinking we might just need to retire from football, though. Let's just go out undefeated. We're 2-0. It's a winning season. That's the Jordan fadeaway against the Jazz. That's when you should have shut it down. We're going to end up pushing it, and we're going to end up losing. <laughs> but everyone know we were undefeated at one point this year. That's really all that matters. Everyone's rich. That is exactly at this point. Exactly right. But how good is it to have football back? Oh. I mean, we're, we're golf guys. You know, golf's got a little break right now, but football being back, my goodness gracious, the weekends just got a lot better. Dude, I watched an unhealthy – I spent an unhealthy amount of couch time the last few – and then we had a game Sunday. We got a game coming up. You know, we got Clemson versus Georgia Tech. I mean, dude, I watched more football. And I told myself at the start of the week, I was like, okay, dude, let's lock in on these few bets that we like, only bet these. Then, sure enough, it would be the morning slate. And I was like, well, I don't have any. I don't have anything to watch. I don't have anything I care about here. So I got to fire. I ended up firing a shit ton of bets. Uh, backfired. My self-control, not where it needs to be. But at least the ones we gave out, 2-0. and um, And damn, it's good to have football back. We're coming into the sweet spot here of the, of the sports. There was game. a lot of incredible games. Did you happen to see the North Carolina-Appalachian State game? Dude, oh, there was some unbelievable <laughs> game. That game, what did... App State scored 40 in, in the fourth, fourth and and lost the game. Uh, uh, they got to be the first team in history to drop a 40-piece in the fourth quarter and not win. Uh, West Virginia Pitt was incredible to start it off uh, earlier in the week. LSU, Florida State, how about that? There's some kickers right now that wouldn't want to be going back to campus. going to be hard to pick up a little uh, homecoming date for some of the fellas. East Carolina uh, including kicker. East Carolina's yeah. poor mm -hmm. dude. By the way, the one hold on extra point. Laces were in, Dan. Yeah. Got to get those laces out. So maybe give him a pass there. But he had a chance to redeem himself. Didn't. And then, I mean, LSU, I don't know, dude. You got to block. You got to block somebody. All you can do is kick it. If they block it, it's not really on the kicker. But there's some – he's going to get blamed for it. So um, tough week to be a kicker back on campus for a few of these dudes. I know. It's, it's just like if you if you miss, everybody hates you. If you make it, you're just supposed to make it, and you're, it's no big it's deal. It's just like the holder, dude. Name me the best holder in the history. Can't do it. Uh not can't Tony Romo. But you can name – exactly. There you go. One shit <laughs> one shit, one shit hold, one shit snap. You're the worst for forever. It's the worst job in the world. But, damn, it's good to have college football back. And now we got NFL creeping up soon. It's the sweet spot. PJ Tour season's going to get going. We're live. There was some golf play this week, though. The Corn Ferry Tour Tour Championship. Justin Suh picks uh -huh. up his win. 25 guys got their PGA Tour card. It was – dramatic it was exciting uh our good buddy scott harrington congratulations to him he got his pga tour card back uh made it a little stressful missing the cut this week had to sit there and watch but ended up getting in and then over on that other tour dustin johnson just wrecked the back of the hole in a playoff with joaquin neiman and honorbon lahiri to get his first live golf win um how about that putt he made that thing was going 20 feet by the hole Dude, I actually ended up watching like the last I caught like the last five or six holes. Full disclosure, it was entertaining. It was fun. I didn't see any of the like the the previous two rounds, but it was wild out there. You hear music. The fans are probably louder and the playoff. I mean, dude, they get Joaquin Neiman in that thing. Cam Smith was there down the end with one bad drive kind of cost him. They almost had like their golden scenario, kind of like the PGA Tour had to a championship with Rory and Scotty going together and it was fun and that putt i mean i, I don't God. know that i've ever seen it almost hit the back of the hole and came out and missed on the front side bounced backwards over the front but it caught the front and um dj's made a shit pot of money and the four aces dude by the way like they're just not gonna be I mean, beat they're not gonna on. be beat. like whoever did the draft there it's like you, you, who's beating them there's only one or maybe one or two other teams that can that can mess with them on a week in week out like pat perez all these dudes, they gotta be just loving life being on the four aces right now like yeah no matter what we're gonna win this team and then whatever else i get is just is just cherry on top what do they get like just over 700k a guy from the team win dj made 4.7 million yesterday it's no like deal. 700 or 750 yeah. for clipping the team side yeah it's, i mean they're going but uh yeah shout out to larrington you texted me on thursday like are you watching this i was like switching back and forth between football the announcers on on friday afternoon Harrington had to pitch out on 18 and get up and down from the fairway to make the cut. They made it sound like 
if he doesn't play the weekend, like he's got serious stress on keeping yeah, his card. I was, and I was like, dude, yeah. we just had him on radio. We've been texting with him. Like, congrats. I'm going to feel like a huge piece of shit <laughs> after congratulating him and stuff. But he cruised in. Good to have him back in. Yeah, Justin Suh uh, going where he belongs to. He was like the guy with with Mark Allen Hovland, like coming out that they were, you know, yeah. hyping up and he's had some injuries and things like that. But the kid's super nice. Yeah, be interested to see what he does at the next level. But congrats to everybody on getting their PGA Tour card. And congrats to having football back. It was fun to watch some football, sip on some doers. And thank you, Scotland, for the great game of golf. You really did us a solid there. And thank you, Scotland, for the great gift of Scotch whiskey, especially the Doers 2022 19-year-old Champions Edition, crafted in partnership with the USGA. The 2022 19-year Champions Edition is double-edged and then finished in new American oak and first field ricast to be as complex and rewarding as the game of golf itself. The flavor profile is rich with notes of butterscotch, heather honey, and cinnamon. You've got to try it to believe it. The 2022 19-year-old Champions Edition is a limited edition and going fast. So if you see a bottle on the shelf, grab it. Then enjoy it as you raise a glass to the sport we love so much. From Dewar's, the most awarded blended scotch whiskey in history. Enjoy responsibly. And please, for the Dewar's Cheers moment of the week, I just think we got to just keep, you know, propping ourselves up. We're 2-0. We're undefeated. Football's great. Uh, we're basically geniuses. Billy Walters, never heard of him. If we're not going to fluff ourselves, who the hell is going to fluff us? You know what I mean? Like. We make some we make some good picks, we make some shit picks, we take ownership when we make bad picks. This week we happened to hit the home run. TCU went out there and handled their biz. And then a USC got off to a little bit of a slow start. I'm like, damn, this is never worried. It's a big line. And then all of a sudden it pops back up 66 to nothing or whatever it was. I was like, hey, we're actually doing it. All right. Well, it's a hell of a start. And how about our guest this week? You talk about some football. This man knows more than anyone. Ian Rappaport joins us, NFL insider, the dude. Does not stop working. As you see, if you're watching the show today, the man is on his phone 24-7. Work never stops, especially since football season is starting. He's a busy man, Sleaze. Yeah, and you'll notice during the during the interview, there's some some sounds going off. Some email goes off about every 12 seconds. He's on his phone half the time. We were lucky to get him for whatever we had him, 45 minutes. This is like peak time for him. But, yeah, the dude, his phone, his phone hours, FaceTime or screen time or whatever that thing is each day, I mean – uh, there, there ain't no break for rap this time of year. All right, let's get to it. Here's Ian Rappaport on Golf Subpar. Okay, folks, we have the busiest man in sports media with us here today. You follow him on Twitter. You check it 17 times before you set your fantasy lineup. He's probably got the most important words in the United States for the next six months. He is the NFL insider, Ian Rappaport. What's up, Rap? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Fantastic! Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I uh, we found a good found a good pocket of time. Although I can't say that like nothing's going to happen in this little bit of time when I'm talking to you. So bear with me if I have to look at my phone and tweet something. Okay, I apologize in advance. All right, over the next forty five minutes, what's the over under on how many times your phone goes off? Um, I would say probably twenty. I'll probably get twenty text messages in the next 45 minutes or maybe 40 or a hundred depends. Depends if, I, if it's news or some of my group text just going crazy. could go either way. <laughs> okay, right. good. I would feel very, it would feel very irresponsible if you had the phone down for the next 45 minutes, Patrick Mahomes could retire or something and the world wouldn't know. There it is right there. Talk to us a little bit about that phone. Cause that might be the most important piece of technology in the United States for 20 to 45 year old males. You got, what, has that thing ever glitched or gone out, overload? You got to have like a backup or two or something, right? Uh, I don't have a backup. I, I can text on my computer because I have a Mac and I can text on my iPad. Um, and there's been plenty of times like I've been on a flight and, you know, you get you pay for Wi-Fi on a flight. And I usually have my iPad will be up and I'll be watching something on Netflix and I'll have the, the Wi-Fi going. So if I get a text... Then I'll have to tweet from my iPad from something I got texted. And that's always tough because you have to do like the big punches. You know, it's always a little weird, but I could do that. A lot, a lot of times I do it from the computer. So like I have my, I'll show you guys. I have my camera right there. I got my oh, seat yeah. cover covering it, but I got my camera. So if I'm in front of the camera, I get a text. I'll tweet while I'm on camera from the, from the computer. Um, now, when you get a new phone, sometimes the, all the numbers don't come through and all the texts don't come through. It's been a couple of times when a proper text has not come through and I've only seen it on the iPad, but generally it works out. 
Yeah. I'm shocked. I thought you'd have at least two phones. Yeah, that seems risky. You know, I only have two pockets and I only have two ears and one mouth. So you can only do so much. Like I, I am a firm believer in one phone. Now, again, like I have multiple texting slash tweeting stations, the computer, the iPad, etc. cetera. Um, one phone is really all that I need. What I will do is I'll put it on speakerphone and I'll tweet while I'm talking. That happens, but still just one phone. I like it. If some news does come through the wire here while we're doing this show, this won't air. This is recorded, so it won't air till down the road. Will you will you tell us what it is? Uh, after I tweet it, I'll tell you yes. Okay. All right, fair. <laughs> I'll just get it on my phone well, right you now, know, too. Um, I, I do, like, there'll be times when I'll be, like, on the radio or on, like, the McAfee show or something, and I'll get a text, and I'll be like, oh, hold on, and they'll be like, ooh, what is it, what is it? And I'll be like, I'll tell you, just let me, just let me tweet it. I don't want to get in trouble and like say something on some other platform that's not mine before I tweet. So I just firm believer. Let me tweet it. And then we promise we can talk all about it. Okay. Are you you and Schefter like always in a race to see who can get it out there first? Y'all have the same. I'm guessing y'all have to have some of the same sources. Uh, We are in a race. Yes. Um, I would say that's probably right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, you know, now there's some people I'm closer with that he's closer with, you know, they're, some people I'm closer with uh, compared to him, vice versa. You know, there's different angles we'll take on a story. So, you know, now there's there's rarely something happens sometimes, but rarely something that he'll have that I didn't know about or I'll have that he didn't know about. So I, I feel like it's safe to say both of us assume that we're both operating from like a similar basis of knowledge. So there'll be a lot of times when like someone will give us something same time within seconds like that. Um but yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it is basically uh, it is basically a race. I will say that. Let's say you get something right now as you're looking down on your phone. Let's say this is super important right now and you get a You get a text from somebody saying something. What do you got to do to verify that before you feel comfortable enough to tweet it out to three and a half million? Um, can you actually hold on one second? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my home. This is my home's retirement. I knew it. I knew it was coming. He didn't want to deal with Russell. Russell Wilson. He doesn't want to deal with ACL, Russell. Bud. Not that. <laughs> don't even play Not around that. like that. Please, the diehard Broncos. Don't even fan. play with my emotions like that. Russell Wilson giving Dak. all the money back. He hates Denver. Dak's probably demanding a trade. <laughs> and Zeke, they both want. They both want to come to Denver. Wouldn't be surprised. This is it's not. It's not a big deal. I I promise. On a one to ten, where does this rank? This I was kind of hoping Mike McCarthy steps down. Coach Payton. Quentin Fox to go coach no, the Cowboys. This ain't Dream World. God, that'd be incredible. That'd be more than a. That'd be more than a one. No, 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 no. I feel like we're witnessing like, um, you know, some shit we're gonna. No, see no, no. it's a claim. It's a it's a waiver claim. It's not very exciting. It's the waiver <sighs> claim, but for the player, it's exciting. It's exciting. So, give me um, what, what position? It's offensive line. Anyway, so so I'm sorry. So you were saying. I forgot what the hell we were talking about. Oh, how much do you, you how, what do you have to go through to make sure the process, the, oh yeah, how many, like, all right, so you just gotta, you gotta waiver, like, you gotta go confirm that with multiple people, like, some news, I think you gotta go get a few, but are there guys that if, if this person texts me, yeah, something's I happening, mean, like, I know. Yeah, I think so, so basically what it is, is you sort of always have to evaluate, um, how does this person know, and why are they telling me? Like, if it's a contract, you know, generally, if it's the agent, they know. Now, you know, you'd like to you'd like to let the team know, hey, I know this contract's coming out. I'm here's what's going on. I'm you know, talk about the timing, but it doesn't always happen. Sometimes someone hits you and says, This deal just got done, it's signed, we're good to go. You know, if it's an agent, it's a official signature, usually you're good. If it's a player, a lot of times you're good, but not always, because if it's a player and it's his own injury, players are not always the best sources on their own injury, because a lot of times they'd be like, I'm good, and you're like, Well, you know, you're not good. Um, so, you know, it's some, you have to always sort of double check with the team there. If it's someone who's kind of involved, but not really maybe a third hand source, they say, Hey, this guy just got injured. You know, it's a torn ACL. You'll say, okay, well, let me check with two other people on that who actually are involved. So it's every little piece of news you get, you sort of have to weigh, like, how does this person know? Why are they telling me? 
uh, when is this, when are other people going to figure this out? Because if it's something that is competitive, you got to race to get it. If it's something that no one else could know, you're like, all right, let me take some time and make, you know, a million percent sure. But it's, it's case by case. And you're sort of like, you know, I spend countless times a day evaluating a piece of information, why I get it and what to do with it. Have you ever, you mentioned like one of those ones where it's a race to get it. Have you ever put one out there and then all of a sudden it turned out it was incorrect and you're like, Oh boy. Yeah, that, that has happened. Um, How's that go over? Um, Not great. Not great. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, there was, but it's sometimes it's like the wild west. Like I'll, I'll give you an example that happened just yesterday. Right. Um, OJ Howard visited the Bengals thinking that he was going to sign, took a physical there. That was the plan. And then they claimed the tight end off waivers. And so everything changed within that 12 hours. So he's in Houston right now and could end up signing with the Texans. But like I had the scoop that he was in since he expected to sign and he didn't sign. Now I wasn't wrong because the situation changed, but it is something you have to explain. Um, And you know, that, that can happen. I'd say, you know, players in free agency. I mean, it happens from time to time where you say, all right, this player agrees to terms with this team. And then you'll have what we call a plot twist and uh, he'll sign with another team. And you sort of explain that. So um, it happens, you know, there's been other examples of, you know, a trade about to get done and a player didn't agree to the contract that would have come with the trade. So the trade is off and, you know, it's, it's never great. Um, it's sort of why you leave yourself outs and don't always speak in definitives, but, um, you try as hard as you possibly can to put something out when it is wrapped up and completely a done deal. So you don't have to deal with those sort of possible adjustments along the way. Yeah. It just moves so fast. Like there's occasionally going to be times I feel like where, you know, things change from the time you tweet it to what happens. But before you became the dude for the NFL reporting all the news, you actually covered two of like the most famous. And probably the two toughest coaches I would think to cover in Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Is that the best like prep you can have to kind of not only get on the inside with some of these guys, but just also getting into journalism? Like, dude, if you can talk to Belichick and Saban, you can probably talk to anybody. Yeah. I mean, they're so, they're like, you know, really, really good friends, but they're so different. Um, You know, now Saban is like pretty volatile and you could go in a press conference and almost get him to say anything. Um, Belichick it works the opposite. You can never get him to say anything he doesn't want to do. It's always going to be on his terms, how he wants it. Both of them, you know, effectively shut down everyone kind of around the program. So there's not a lot of leaky assistance at Alabama. Not a lot of people just hang around the program, know a lot of information and share it readily. So it is a fight and scrap to get every piece of information. And I think the coolest thing, most rewarding thing about covering Alabama, besides just, how incredibly high stakes everything was. Like it was also important in that genre was it forced me to look around and be like, how do I get this info? Like, how do I, how do I learn these, these pieces of information? How do I kind of work around the edges when, you know, you're not going to get the head coach or general manager, whoever it is telling you stuff. Uh, And it forced me to look at different ways to get info. Same thing with the Patriots. Like players don't tell you a lot. Belichick doesn't tell you a lot there's still information to be had. So how do you get it? Um, and I think that's something that, you know, I've sort of always t- took with me. Um, would also say that covering the Patriots probably taught me the business of the NFL more than anything ever. Um, you know, you learn so much about roster construction, why a player is worth so much, why he's not worth as much as you think, why a big name player gets cut why sometimes players get traded before the third contract. I mean, all of these different things, all of these things you learn covering the Patriots. It's really fascinating. Is this something you knew you always wanted to do growing up? Or did you have other dreams in your mind and it just turned out you were really good at this? Um, I wanted to be, I would say growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, when I got to college, I started writing for the newspaper at Columbia um student newspaper daily newspaper it was great um i liked writing i liked the process of writing i like seeing my face in the paper um just like <laughs> i like seeing my face on tv mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i just i wanted to be a reporter and so like 
graduating college, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. I wanted to be a you know a columnist in a big city, or I wanted to be a columnist uh, on the back of Sports Illustrated. And I was real happy, you know, being a a beat reporter for the Patriots, working for the Boston Herald, living in Boston. I was, you know, extremely happy. And then NFL Network called and wanted to hire me and put me on TV and everything changed. But it was I really never wanted to be anything else besides a newspaper reporter, probably until until I got that very strange call from NFL Network. What what was that moment like? Take us through that when NFL Network called you. So I was at the Super Bowl covering Patriots Giants the second time. And um, I'd been on NFL Network a couple of times. At that point, they would have beat writers come on and just kind of talk about your team. So I talked about the Patriots a little bit. And it was fine. Thought nothing of it. Um, this guy, Marcus Smith, um, was a booker, I think, for ESPN now, but worked was a producer at NFL Network at the time, calls me and says, like, hey, do you have time to meet with some of our you know, higher ups. I'm like, sure. So I walk into a meeting room. I'm wearing like jeans and a sweater, just like meeting, you know? Um, and I sit down, they, it's like three NFL executives. They fire questions at me for an hour, just like everything from like, how do you cover this? How do you cover that? Why did you write this this way? How would you handle this situation? All these things. And it's an hour. And at the end of it, they say, you know, all right, well, we've asked you questions. Do you have any questions for us? And I say, uh, yeah, what am I doing here? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we we're looking to hire some TV reporters and you're someone we're looking at. And I said, I don't know anything about TV. And they're like, well, we'll teach you. And, you know, if we hired you, would you be willing to move to Dallas? Because at that point, NFL Network needed a Dallas Bureau reporter, like basically cover the Cowboys. And I was like, uh, yeah. Like for the right opportunity, yeah. And so I left the meeting. I called my wife and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's really strange, but like, I think we may get a job offer and I might go work for NFL Network and we might have to move to Dallas. And she was like, no, please, like calm down. Like they talk to a lot of people. I'm like, I know, I know. But like, it felt like something, like something is happening. And anyway, we might have to move to Dallas. She's like, okay, sure. And then a month later, they called and offered me the job, and we moved to Dallas. And then three years later, got a new deal, became our insider, and then moved to New York. Can I tell you, and you got good at TV, because I could tell you, this is a while back now. I don't even remember what year it was. My, your most impressive feat on TV, in my mind, you were given it like a sideline report. It was the Texans versus somebody. You're on the sideline. Hey, this guy is going to be, you know, giving all the rap. And then all of a sudden a football, a ball came from out of nowhere. I don't even know where. And like hit you in the face, the mic, all the shit. And you like two seconds later, you're right back into your sentence. I was like, that's a freaking pro right there. Just took a shot to the dome, not even face. Oh, man. That was, that was early on in my career. I, I didn't know anything about TV at that point. Um, so I was just like, well, I got a lot to say. And so I'm just going to keep saying it. And the only thing that was tough for me at the time was, we had like some of our like anchors in my ear, you know, you can hear people talk in your ear. And one of them was Deion Sanders, who was absolutely losing his mind, laughing so <laughs> loud. And so I, if you watch the clip, I have to do like a double take because I need to let them stop laughing before I keep talking. That's great. It was good. Deion's got to be a tough dude to have in your ear. There's probably not a lot of quiet. Oh, I love it. Deion's a man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're everywhere between NFL network. Obviously you're all over Twitter. You're on Pat McAfee show. It seems like a couple times a week. How did that relationship come about? Because I love his show. I mean, it's one of the biggest shows in all of sports right now. How'd your relationship with Pat come about? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the show too. Uh, it's actually a weird thing. Cause like, I really just, you know, like it's, I'm, I'm on to talk about sports and football, whatever, but like of all the shows, it literally just feels like I'm hanging out with my friends. Like it's a great, like, I don't, like, it's never like a chore to go on. It just feels like I'm at a bar with a bunch of dudes that I'm good friends with, you know? Like, it's just, it's a great vibe. Um, he kind of just reached out to me and wanted to see if I would come on. Um, I do not take myself very seriously. I mean, I take my job very seriously, but I don't take myself very seriously. So when they, like, you know, make fun of me, um, I kind of roll with it. And I think he liked that. And, yeah, it's been a couple years now. And, um yeah, I, I I really do enjoy going on. 
when he was in the league still playing, like you obviously knew who he was and we got out, was getting into me. Did you have any idea Pat was going to blow up into the, you know, phenomenon that he is now? Uh, not like this, but I knew he would be something like I actually broke his retirement, um, which was like a sort of a bit with Barstool. Like it was all planned, but you know, um, and part of that was a skit where he was like announcing his retirement at a press conference. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, he was hilarious. And I'm, you know, and I knew he was a punter and he was pretty good. He was always a little controversial because he danced. Yeah. And when you're a punter and you like, you know, trash talk and dance, people are like, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> and he was kind of like, I'm Pat McAfee. And he didn't care. Um, so I thought he'd be something. I did not think he would be as big as he's been. Um, but he's always kind of been his own dude. Like he's always, like he doesn't have an agent. He thinks with his own mind. He doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. So he was either going to be a huge success or a miserable failure. And I, my guess was always success. Uh, and that seems to be what's happened. He's doing all right. Work. That yeah. show is fantastic. I love it. Give us like rap, like everyone sees you pop up on TV. You're breaking news. You're doing things like that. All right. A day like today, before the season starts, there's a lot of shit going on, right? You got waivers, you got trade uh, cuts. 53-man rosters, all that sort of stuff. Give me, like, an average day in the live Ian Rappaport leading up to football. Like, a day like today, assuming you're not coming on this monster podcast, which is a big deal, obviously. Well, obviously, yeah, it's the highlight of my day, no doubt about it. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I woke up today um, having a couple things in mind that I knew were going to happen. Um, you know, the Derrick Henry uh, raise that I reported on, I've known about for a couple of days, waiting for that to be finalized. Kind of felt like it would be today. New Russell Wilson and the Broncos were pretty advanced in their contract talk. So I was kind of aware and keeping an eye on that, but really just, you know, sit, I have I, every morning I'll have breakfast with my boys and my wife and whether I'm on TV or not, sometimes I'm on at 7am, 8am and 9am, but I always have breakfast and then take them to school, do TV kind of in between there. And you're always kind of like looking at your phone, you have some things in your head and you have some texts to send out of things to check on but it's like a nonstop wave of checking on things um, like, Oh, is this, you know, is this going to happen now? Is this going to happen later? What happened to this injury? When's, you know, one of these guys getting claimed, like all these things. So I basically spend my day on the phone going through my checklist and talking to sources and seeing what happens. You know, every day I have TV from you know, usually good morning football, then one to three on NFL now, then total access, but kind of between there, there's a little exercise. There's a lot of phone calls and sort of see what develops. You're a busy man. How much do you sleep at night? Um, well. I sleep regular. Um, I sleep like six or seven hours. Now, you know, during busy times, I'll keep my phone, um, you know, keep my phone under my pillow on loud, uh, which is funny because like my wife is so conditioned that, when it rings or beeps, she doesn't even notice because it's been 10 years. Just her wow. body is shut off that sound. It's kind of funny. God um, bless her. I know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, but yes, God bless her um, is right. <laughs> so, you know, I get the regular amount of sleep, but you just, you just have to be aware that sometimes you got to wake up and deal with things and go on TV and talk about it and like be totally fine with that. All right, let's get into this season a little bit because we got we're a golf show, but we got a lot of people out there that love football just like we do. Looking into this season, give me a team that you expect to underperform expectations, and then one you expect to be outperform expectations. Who's going to be better than people think? Um, you know, underperform is is tough. Um, it's tough for me to gauge like what people think of teams. I would say the team that probably has the most at stake when it comes to the expectations is the Dolphins. Spend so much money, big trades. I mean, the Dolphins, you know, they have Tua now. Is obviously some question marks as far as is he the franchise quarterback or not. Um, and they spent so much with, you know, paid a tight end $11 million. They traded for Tyreek Hill. They've signed a bunch of running backs. They have a new coach. You know, that's the one where I'm sort of keeping an eye on as far as like, are they going to live up to their expectations? Everyone thinks I would say that's one of them. Um, you know, a team that I would say to watch out for is the Raiders. You know, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, so it's not that much of a surprise, but they have a new coach. Um, they have a quarterback that in that division is always overlooked. 
they should be really good. Um, the other team I would say is loaded. Yeah. No, I mean it's loaded. You have you know you have Mahomes, you have Herbert, but like Raiders should be good. The other thing is, you know, everyone has spent the last, um, you know, everyone has spent the last month or so laughing at the Patriots about their miserable offense. Um, I'm sure they will be fine. They're always fine. There's nothing funny. They just they do things differently, and I think they're okay being bad in the preseason to figure some things out. So I will not be laughing at the Patriots with everyone else, and I believe they're going to be fine. Yeah, they'll find some dude no one's ever heard of, and it'll be all pro by the end of the year. All right, this is a really important one here, Rap, for the two of us. Who's the better team this year? Just better team. I'm not saying win-loss. They go head-to-head. Who wins, Broncos or Cowboys? Um, My guess would be Cowboys. Exactly. And he's right. an expert. You don't know shit. Well, Drew. see you later. Interview. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Got it. I'm, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Yeah. I'm a diehard Cowboys nice fan. This year, I'm not even like I'm keeping my expectations extremely low. I'm I I don't after last year, I'm I'm still I'm still hurt over last season. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think their roster is so talented. You know, like they like Dak had a great preseason. I think receivers are going to be better than last year. I know everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I do. Like, defense is good. Like, they're going to be good. Broncos will be good, too. I think Broncos' defense is nasty. I would just expect it to take a little bit for Russ to kind of, like, figure out and blend into this new offense. I don't think that's going to be snap my fingers and we're good there. We'll see. Yeah, we will. And just playing that division, it's like, you know, they're winning 10 games is going to be a beast. What's the best best stadium, favorite stadium you like to go to? Best game day atmosphere? Had to pick one. Um, I haven't been to all of them. I've yet to go to Seattle, so that's one where I'm yeah, kind of yeah. like, you know, that everyone says how amazing it is. I would like to experience that. I would say, um, best stadium, Superdome is incredible, just because it's so freaking loud. Um. And then from the looks of everything, I would say Kansas City, former Arrowhead, is awesome because everyone's in red. The whole freaking place is in red. Starter jackets and Zubas and, like, the whole deal. Like, it is an extremely cool kind of, like, college-like atmosphere. I love that. I do, too. Loud as shit there, too. Well, we could talk football all day, but I know you're a big golfer, even though you don't get to play that much during the NFL season. Tell us a little bit about your golf game and how often you get to play. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would think it's safe to say aside from my job and my family, golf is the thing that I do the most. Um, I love it. I always, I always want to play. I got a little window tomorrow morning, Friday, I'll be, I'll be jumping out there at eight 30 and playing. Um, I, I don't mind playing at like six 30 on a weekend when it's not the season. So I can get out early, you know, walk team and come back in, you know, a decent hour to see the kids and, and hang out. Um, during the season, I'll usually play Tuesdays. Not always because, like, stuff happens, but I try to get out there and play Tuesdays. Um, you know, in April, I'll play a couple times. Just There's always trades and free agency and the draft coming up. It's hard. Once the draft happens, I will play, like, four days a week or, or more. Like, it's, you know, I almost always walk. Um, I am mediocre. I'm a 9-6 now. Um, Solid. I, uh, I started, um, I started the year at like a 12. So I've gotten better. Uh, my handicap dropped. No, I started at 13. My handicap dropped two points when I shot a 77 uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I just, it's, it's all I ever want to do. Um, so I, yes, I'm a big golfer. Give me your like top couple of places you've played. Um, I love Wingfoot. Yeah, um, it's really easy too. Both, yeah, both course. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great for the handicap. Um, I would say like I I like both courses. Um, I don't know. It's they're, I don't know. They're the greens are crazy. It's beautiful. It's one of the only places when you walk in and you're like you feel like like it feels like walking into like Fenway or Wrigley or like. Lambo, or you know like that's what like wingfoot is like it's green and it's beautiful and amazing um so i would say that's one of them um i had a blast at congressional played the blue course 
Um, Baker Mayfield ruined my round, um, but I was playing really well. And I thought the, I thought the, the redesign was like so cool. Like I, I it was one of my favorite things because like we were standing on, you know, one, I think it was, it was, you know, front nine before you kind of go under the bridge and uh, you can see the whole course, you know, they cut a bunch of trees and that you can being able to see the, the, that incredible view is just such a cool thing. Um, and the fact that trees are kind of like getting out of like becoming not in vogue anymore is so cool because it makes the views better. Um, and let's see what else. Um, I like the ocean course, even though it was an absolute grind. So hard. Um, You like some tough spots. But I will say this, like the coolest thing about the ocean course for me is you can putt everything. So I am someone who, you know, I knew I liked to putt before, but like you're putting out of bunkers you're putting down hills. Like I left that course and I'm like, I'm going to putt everything from now on. And it's, it's made my game much better. Are, are there any other people in the media uh, that you like to go out and play with, or you got a little rivalry with, or like to get a game with anything like that? Um, You know, I'll play Mike Garofolo from NFL Network will come play with me. Tom Pelissero, my two buddies. When, when they're in town, I'll play with them. Kevin Clark from the ringer. Um, I took out to this awesome place called St. Andrews in Westchester, which is like one of the oldest and amazing places. Um, so, I mean, those are some guys in the media, you know, there's the problem with my job is everyone I'm like friends with lives all over the country. So I don't get to play with a lot of media people because everyone lives all over. Have you played golf with McAfee yet? Because he's starting to get into it, played at Tahoe this year. He did play at Tahoe. I noticed that. Uh, he made mm-hmm. sure to rub that in right in my face for uh, for a long time. You know, actually, it's funny, too, because, like, he would always make fun of me for walking so much. And then, of course, he gets out the towel in the first – and he, I thought he played actually pretty well, you know, around 89, 90, like, more than, more than adequate there. Um, he said his feet were hurting so much. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like, I told you, like, walking is the way to go, like – if for no other reason that it makes your feet okay if you have to walk four rounds at Tahoe. He's pretty good, actually, for given how little he's played. He was in the celebrity long drive, and he, he creates some speed and things like that. He and AJ obviously had a big rivalry going in that deal, which was fun to watch. Also, he might be a little bit better. I think he was forced to shotgun a beer on damn near every single tee box that he walked onto because the fans were egging him on, and, of course, he's not going to say no. I respect that. Yeah, he like I think right. there's a few shots to be saved. Well, I mean, I would say, like, I, I like to drink beer, um, and I'm not immune to shotgunning. The one weird thing about my golf game, since we're talking about this, I don't love to be drunk playing golf because I don't like to suck. And a lot of times we drink a lot, it makes you suck. Um, so I will have a beer on the course when it's necessary, or maybe two. Um, but shotgunning beers is not necessarily for me. Um just because it makes you hit bad shots, you know? The fine line, it's a balance between like, you got to get up a little bit and then you got to level out, find where you operate, but without going across that threshold, because then it can go and, downhill and quickly. I don't think wing foot's a real, wing foot's probably not the gonna, best place to shotgun a beer. Shoot a million. Yeah, what's the, what's the shotgun policy out of wing foot? <laughs> Doesn't happen. Pro uh, or anti? I cannot, I cannot say that I have shotgun a beer at, at Wingfoot. Now I will say we we played I played the ocean course with a bunch of my buddy my high school buddies on this golf trip we went on, and um, so you know we it was our second round of the day and I think it's safe to say like, we were tired like it's a grind like really like it's like a grueling course it's amazing, but you know a grueling course and even like you know everything's in play there so you you're constantly like rum at least i was like walking through the fescue and shrubs to find whatever like terrible lie you have you know um so by 15 like we were we were tired uh and so like card person rolls up she's like can we help you guys and we're like yeah like fireball shots is the only way to to really handle this so we all took shots of fireball (laughs) um ended up playing great on the last like three holes just like crazy and we're like, okay, like, 
this actually works sometimes. So that helps. Raph, us three would have a great time. We have a ball. Fireball. Sometimes you got to lever up when you're dragging out. Those golf trips too, by the way, they sound like you come back, like your wife's like, oh, you went on vacation. I'm like, babe, you don't even like, we are sending it like it's our last spring break ever. And then we walk eight miles in between and shoot a million. Like it, it, you're dragging ass by the time you get home from those things. Yeah. And I, I, I've like rarely done it because so many of the golf trips happen in the fall and like, like, a buddy of mine goes to Bandon Dunes in the fall every year with his friends and I can never go because I'm a little busy in the fall. So like the fact that I could actually go my first golf trip in 10 years. Um, and it was awesome. I didn't actually play that great, unfortunately, but, um, the whole trip was amazing. Do you, do you watch much golf? Obviously not in the fall, but do you watch like when it's not football season? Are you, are you watching the majors or anything like that? Uh, majors always. Um, and you know, some of the other big ones, I, I would say like majors I will follow intently and I, you know, I don't like final round. I'm like, you know, like it, it's always like, you know, opens always on father's day and I'm like, Oh great. Father's day dinner. I'm going to have to TiVo this and like watch it later, which I did. Um, but so like, I always, you know, it's always appointment viewing for me. The other ones um, I'll always have it on. I can't say I always follow, but I always have it on, especially because like I'm in my office now, I've got a TV right next to my camera. So like if there's either a Mets game or some golf, I would just flip it on just because, you know, you like to watch and like also just from like a learning game standpoint, you get to see some cool things. So you're like, oh, like I see how he played this and, just, you know, golf's golf's always sort of like that. So I always like to watch as much as I can. You have a couple of favorites you like to follow? Um, My favorites growing up. Um my favorites growing up um, were Mickelson and Sergio. Mm, um, I'm like a live controversial guy. now. Yeah. <laughs> controversial. Type in that YouTube. Uh, I have not yet watched anything on the live tour. Um, I, I might not. Definitely might not. Um, but yeah, like I was, you were either a Tiger guy or a Phil guy. And I was always a Phil guy. You know? Um, so, you know, he wins the, you know, he wins the masters. I'm like, I lost my mind. Same thing with Sergio, you know, like misses a putt on 17 or 18. I cannot remember. And then, you know, hits it and in the playoff hole, I'm like, I can't like, you know, like those are some memories. Like those are my guys. Um, and then, you know, everything changed and and whatever, but like, I would say growing up, those are my favorites, them. And maybe David Duvall was probably my other one. Have you ever been to an event and seen it in person? Because you got the Ryder Cup coming up your way up at Bethpage uh, not too long, where Phil would have been the captain for sure. It would have been mayhem up there. But have you ever been out to an actual event and seen him hit it? Uh, yes. So I've been to um, – I was at the Open when it was at Shinnecock. When was that? It was – I feel like it the was – The last one? one? Brooks one over Fleetwood? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Before that, yeah, Houston, Steve one before that. When the greens were purple, yes, I believe that. Yeah, is that was a good yeah, one to be at. Yeah, nightmare out that's there. It. That's right. That's right. Um, and you know, I've been to uh, Travelers. I've been to um, when the Buick Classic was at Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, then I used to always go. I actually was covering for the Journal News at that time, uh, and then I've been to a couple LPGA events, like when they had one at Waikigil, I was there for that. I was actually, as like a fun reporter thing, I was a standard bearer uh, for Phil's group. And he was like actually really cool and great the whole time. And I wrote a story about it. So um, I've been to plenty of, of events. Like I was not able to go to the open this year, which was just an absolute bummer. Uh, but all my friends went and had a great time. So That's awesome. Well, I think we should probably get to the E9 so you can get back to Breaking in. Yeah, we got to go off air and learn all the shit that just yeah. happened in the last 40 minutes. All right, Ian, What's yeah. happening right now? What's that one? That one looks important. <laughs> Julio Jones to Denver? Uh, no, it's uh, mm. it's the Saints placing Trevor Penning, their first-round tackle on injury reserve. Oh, oh, damn it, Trevor. Yeah. All, all right, right. We'll be back, Trev. Well, we ask this to everyone. You can trade lives yeah. and be someone else for a day, dead or alive. Anyone in the history of the world, you get to be them for a day, who would it be? Um, who would I be? Um, 
I would say probably Phil in his prime, you know, because Tiger in his prime probably dealt with a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know that Tiger had a lot of fun when he was in his prime. He was winning a lot of tournaments. I don't know. He had a lot of fun. Seemed very tormented. Phil, it seemed like soaked it up and had a lot of fun. So even though I'd have to play lefty, which is just such a nightmare. And anytime you have to play with a lefty, it always is awful. Um, <laughs> but I would say uh, probably Phil in his prime. Okay. All right. Phil in his prime. I like that. All right. This one, uh, now that some time has passed and there is third, can you actually confirm to us that Tom Brady was in fact on the mass Singer? Tom Brady was not on the mass Singer. Uh, nor do I think he'd be good. I don't even understand what the mass Singer is. The whole show seems strange, uh, but no, Brady was not on it. Thank God. It is a strange show. How did that rumor even start? I don't know. I just heard it and I ran with, he I ran with all the conspiracies. Days? Yeah, he was gone for 11 days. I mean, he was like, oh, he's got to be on the mass. in the Bahamas, I think, or some shit. Uh, one of my great uh, theories in life is that generally weird, crazy rumors always exist for a reason. Like someone will come up to me like, listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this wild thing happened in the NFL. And I'll be like, that's probably true, because if you're coming to me with it, like there's no way that'd be made up. The mass Singer one, I think, actually was made up, though. Yeah, I do, too. I'm a big conspiracy guy. I'm going to keep running with it. All right. <laughs> Confirm or deny you're actually going to go as Pat McAfee. For Halloween, black tank top, gold chain. That is a fantastic idea. I You're might welcome. actually do that. That is a I really good idea. I think you should. I think it'd be great. He would love it. He, he were. I feel like he'd be a big jean shorts guy, right? Oh, of course. The yeah, tight I think ones, you could though. wear anything. The real tight one. Get away with it. The only problem is that my kids always want me to dress up with them. So we might be like, all right, we're all going to be like Marvel superheroes this year, in which case I'll be like, cool, whatever you want. But if not Mac, I mean, they, now they like McAfee. They've been on the show a couple of times. Um, so maybe I'll convince them. We'll see. I mean, I think for the kids, you do whatever they want you to do, but if you're going to go on the show, the week of Halloween, I think you just don't even tell anyone. You just pop up on air with the black tank top and gold chain. Fantastic idea. Get a blonde wig. That's a great. All right, I'm gonna do that. Great idea. You have to buy some. Who you got? More, you think you have more suits, or, or Pat has more tank tops in the <laughs> closet? I mean, I am. I hope he has more than like two. But if you told me that he has two and washes one every day or every other day, I'd be like, man, I could see that. Yeah, he just it. rewears them. Doesn't care. Yeah, he had to wear a golf shirt in Tahoe, but he rolled his sleeves up like all the way to the shoulders, made it as close to the tank as he could. Loves getting those arms out there. All right, that's a good idea, though, Pat, for Halloween. All right, here's my next one. Most important thing you've ever stopped doing or interrupted to take a phone call? Family show, right? No, no you can say whatever, you, say whatever you want. This is no holds barred. Yeah. Are you in the middle? Um, I'll go with – I will tell you the PG version. Um, I was playing – I mentioned the my round at Congressional – I was playing well for me. I was 11 over through 14, which is on that course pretty good, I thought. And I had to interrupt me playing to break the Baker Mayfield to the Panthers trade, which I was in a bunker. Uh, I had to wait for this person to call me back before I could hit send. I ended up blading the bunker shot over the green and doubling and then hit a great drive on the next hole because I was so excited about the news. Um, and then had two more doubles to finish it out and ended up with like a 90, I think. Um, but that was pretty important. I was playing great and um, it was good to break the news, but I wish I would have had that round un uninterrupted too. Thanks a lot, Baker. Yeah, blame Baker. Panthers are done this year. Get Darnold in there. All right. Um, actually, this just happened, I believe, today. How upset were you that Chef, um, Adam Schefter beat you to breaking the news that Poe, the Ravens mascot, is out for the year? I think that was already out there. I feel like I we know. already he claims he broke it. He claims out. he broke it. That's all I know. That mascot be tough. You know what? Be quick. If uh, if if I'm gonna get beat on news, getting beat on mascot news is something I will end up being okay with. Fair. Po, now that said, get well soon, Poe. Get well. For yeah, a lot of our true. listeners Thoughts out there, prayers to Poe. For a lot of our listeners out there who aren't capable of doing much more, they are having tryouts. The Ravens are for the new mascot. Tommy, get up to Baltimore. Tommy, come in there and crack some gold. All right, yeah, get 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 well soon, Poe. All right, Rap, you got three and a half million Twitter followers. What percentage of that do you think is female? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I would say judging from the analytics of some other uh, social media things, judging from the responses, judging from the uh, lack of random DMs, I would say 3% female. Great. Perfect. That's about lack of random. That's good analytics. Lack of random DMs. Our percentages are about the same. It yeah, could I think be more. There's a ton of... I, I shouldn't say this. There's a lot of women, a lot of women who watch football and a lot of women who play fantasy football. I'm just saying um, feels like 3%, but maybe more. I think that's, I bet that's in the ballpark. I would have to imagine. Let me ask you this because Twitter is just so brutal, but most of the stuff you tweet is just breaking news or talking about things that are happening in the NFL. Are people just absolutely bullies to you at all on Twitter? And what's one of the meanest things anyone's ever said? Because I get hated on all the time. I have no idea. Give news. Like, oh, you don't even know. Yeah. No idea. Oh, I don't need that comments. One of the greatest yeah. decisions I ever made in life. And I tell everyone the same thing. And I will tell you guys the same thing. Nothing good comes from reading the comments. You don't even know if they're real people. They could be bots. They could be people who just decide to be mean. And then when you meet them in real life, they're like, oh, man, I didn't know you'd see that. I'm actually a really big fan. I'm so like, don't read the comments. For mental health, life is much better that way. So I have no idea. That is wise words from rap. And if you are a female listener of ours and you follow rap, maybe slide into the DMs one time and just say something nice <laughs> just say to the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah change DMs that percentage. Sure. Okay, right. there. Perfect. Right. Uh, uh, did you ask that? Or this is mine. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb because a lot of households have this rule. No cell phones at the dinner table. I'm, is it safe to say that is not a rule in your house? Uh, correct. That is not a rule at our house. Uh, now, I will say that I will try. I try very hard when I'm hanging with the family at dinner, watching a show with my wife, whatever, to put the phone down. But she knows when I get a call or I have to send a text, it's important. It's not just like BS with whoever, like it's important. So what I'll do is I'll be like, hang on, I got to take this. Or I'll say like, give me a second. I got to send a tweet and she will know it's important. Otherwise, like I will just let the you know, random group texts or nonsense on my phone kind of build up and address it all after dinner. Like I try very hard. If I'm going to answer something, then it like should be worth it. That's good husband. Good dad. Mm -hmm. Right there. All right, rap. Last one for me. I need you to think on this one here. Let's say there was a golf draft going on out there. Okay. And you did like for a member guest or whatever, and you just got drafted. Give me the Ian Rappaport breakdown of what that team is getting in a player like you. Oh, geez. All right. Um, I would say, um, on the T, uh, different day could be anything. If I'm driving the ball well, I'm going to score well. If I'm not driving the ball well, then every single hole, we're going to be looking for the ball, um, real scrappy. So great recovery game, like freaking Seve in his prime, like great recovery game, uh, around the greens. I'm fine. Um, I have now gotten to a point where I can almost always two putt. Uh, I putt cross-handed now so I can actually hit a straight putt, which is a cool development in my game because that wasn't always the case. Um, and I will generally, I rarely blow up. Like you're probably getting something between like, you know, 83 and 90. Um, I don't make a lot of birdies, but I'll make a lot of pars. Okay. Pars are good. Lunch pail guy. Goes to work every day. All right, last one. And we do this. We don't bring it here very often. On our SiriusXM show, we do a little asking for a friend where a friend of yours submits a, submits a question for you. So I'm going to ask this. It's very simple. Who wins a wrestling match between you and Adam Schefter? Um, I would say both of us are scrappy enough to know that it would never be a wrestling match. It would, we'd have to bring some foreign objects. Um, and then the winner would just depend on who had the better foreign object? So that's tough to answer without knowing what objects he would bring into the ring. That's a thoughtful response, though. That was very thoughtful. That, that was could be pay per view, by the way. Dana would, Dana White would set that up. He'd make that fight. <laughs> that was from AJ Hawk. <laughs> was the... Yeah, that's the one he told me to ask you. Believe so. it or Sorry not. Sorry to throw my source under the bus, AJ, but I had to throw it out there. I didn't want you thinking it was from me. That's all. All right. Well, man, Ian, this yeah. has been really fun. Thanks so much for joining us. We know you're a busy man. Look forward to this NFL season. All right. Sorry, I have to. Sorry. Another tweet. Great hanging with you guys. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Um, I'll let you know how I play tomorrow, and I'm going to go talk about some news.
Awesome. Go get them, dude. Appreciate Thanks. the time. Appreciate it. Man. Later. All right. Well, that was Ian Rappaport joining us on Golf Subpar. The man just does not stop all football all the time, but does get to squeeze in an occasional golf round here and there. He loves the game. That was really cool to hear about how much time he spends, and he does not shotgun beers at Wingfoot. Does not, no. which is surprising. <laughs> Keep that to Garden City. Okay, that's a Garden City move right there. But, I mean, yeah, Baker ruined his, you know, one of his dream rounds going in when, uh, you know, when he had the news about the Carolina Panthers. How about his, like, come up, which we got into a little bit, but, like, started off working. Like, he, the first two coaches he ever covered, like, yo, you're covering these guys, it was, was Saban and Belichick. Yeah. That's a pretty good, like, entry into, like, uh, if you can handle these two dudes, everyone else in the world is going to seem – like cake and then he turns into the guy now that like i mean literally i was like half joking but like when he tweets there are three and a half probably 3.49 million dudes out there they're like oh my god what is it some my favorite team what's happening uh it's a hell of a power to have but he uh it's a fun job but that's a job that i mean damn you ain't you aren't off ever and then you gotta go confirm it with everybody got the phone under the pillow it's always it's always on his poor wife i don't know how the hell she sleeps through it but Man, it was a lot of fun talking to him. And one thing I took away from it is the Cowboys are good. The Broncos suck. That so one that's, what he said. that's this close. He doesn't know shit about that football. Is what he when you really break it down, he's not the guy. We gotta get we gotta get somebody else in here to, to verify that. All that's right. only one source. It is time to start getting amongst it with our guys over at FanDuel because football is back. All kinds of things to bet on and kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get it on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. So, I know you're not going to be firing on this thing. We're going to be homer bets. I know I'm going to bet the Cowboys every week. I'm probably going to lose. But you know what? I'm going to keep firing. Of course. What other, what other option do you have, dude? Of course, I'm going to be betting the donkeys. Did you see, by the way, Russell was over at the, uh, the U.S. Open. By the way, there was some sick tennis on this week, too, with Sierra. Sierra looks happy. Of course, Russell looks happy. That's a pretty good situation to be in there. I really like where my boys are at going into the year. So you like a week from the season starting, your quarterback yes, being in dude. New York. You got to decompress and wind down. I need my guy all tightened up before the season. He's got a long year ahead of him. I need my guy loose, feeling good, relaxed. All right. Well, we got NFL, we got college, and we're going to have a little fun with our guy Jordan Spieth, fellow FanDuel member. He's the Texas Longhorns. Got a rather big game this week against Bama. Okay, they're getting 20 and a half at home, and there is no chance they can compete with Bama. Texas, they always think they're back. They ain't back. No. Okay. Bama is going to roll Jordan Spieth's Texas Longhorns, and we're going to get in on a little four-team parlay with him. So let's go through it. We're obviously taking Bama. Obviously. 20 and a half. Okay. Who are we going with next? Cole, I'm going to keep it in the Big 12 here. I'm going to take Oklahoma State minus 10 and a half against ASU. ASU decimated by the portal. Going into Stillwater, don't think they got what it takes. Okie State minus 10 and a half. Who do you like? All right. I'm going to go another Big 12 school as well. I'm going to go Baylor plus three against BYU. Baylor starting to turn out a hell of a program. Uh, I like getting the points there. And then lastly, going to go with the team that rolled last week for us, the USC Trojans, nine and a half point favorites against Stanford. So rivalry game, tough game, but I like what I saw out of USC looking for them. So we're going, we're going Bama, Baylor, Oklahoma State, USC, 14 parlay. Jordan Spieth, bring it. Let's see what you got, my man. Love that. I think you could even Baylor money line that thing. Ooh. Get even better juice, better juice. They're going to go up there and beat BYU. All right. Well, play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code SUBPAR. Make every moment more of a FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years older in select states. First online real money wager, only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non withdrawable free bets expire 14 days after street. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG. 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342. 1 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. 1 809 with it or visit ksgamblinghelp.com or 1-877-770-STOP or 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 or Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Please, you got it? That's how you grind through that thing. Grind what through it, son. Hey, hey, move the chains. Move the chains. Good news is more states are starting to jump on board. So hopefully it's just going to be like, we're going to just have one number eventually. 
Yeah, that would be that would be helpful. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Who we got next week, Colt? Fun. We one. have an absolute beauty. Three-time PGA Tour winner, now golf commentator, Billy Ray Brown. The man has some stories. You are not going to want to miss it. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.